You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey. Your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all of this glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real, it's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Mind Your Own Motherfucking Dog Business. God, I still love the title of this, don't you, Maggie? I love. I the, the love podcast. the title of this podcast literally more and more. I just wrote something this morning about, dude, stay in your lane, focus. Don't look at what everybody else is doing because it's just a big distraction. Mind your own dog business. <laughs> so guys, today is a bonus episode. Oh my God. I went from like dead silence and now doing a bonus episode. Who the fuck am I? Like, who the fuck am I? But it's a boner bonus. This is going to be a business boner episode today. <laughs> it is. It's a, actually, it's a really good one because we're going to talk about having a dog business without borders. And I'm not talking about not having boarding dogs at your house because <laughs> I feel like there's confusion there sometimes. Borders as in like only working in a certain location. Yeah. Like that service radius area, because mm-hmm. what, what we found and what Maggie's found for being in the industry for so long as the leading grassroots uh, industry coaching organization is we all become entrepreneurs to have freedom. And what happens is we start to almost become imprisoned by our fucking business. So what I love about Dog Business Without Borders, it is applicable to anybody. And if you're starting to think, oh my God, you're already in the mental funk of, I cannot do this, Kristen. Who the fuck do you think you are for telling me I can do this? You already have one big border and that's in your head. So Maggie, you want to share your own dog business without borders story because I love it. I can't believe it's August already because you've been living the borderless lifestyle since May. Yeah, I have. Well, and even longer before that, you just forget sometimes, even though you have ample opportunity, <laughs> you got to get <laughs> kicked in the butt somewhere. Well, the truth is it was like, how long ago, a year and a half or ish, two years ago, Kristen did a branding session with me personally. And I love business branding more now than I ever did previous to that experience because it was Kristen that really taught me like, hey, wait, who are you underneath the logo, underneath the business name, underneath all of this stuff? And it was such a great reminder of like, oh, I love riding my motorcycle. I love hiking. I love doing these other things that I somehow still managed to incorporate in my business or I don't, right? You either do or you don't. And I started reminding myself of these really cool things that like, you know, I used to do when I was younger 
And uh, I started riding my bike way more. And then fast forward uh, to more recently, you know, we dealt with uh, the initial beginnings of the apocalypse, so to speak, that happened, right? Because, you know, we were the only organization in the world that were helping dog business owners actually successfully through the whole situation. So we got super busy. It was just a bit of absolutely crazy time. Um, you know, including my own kid was out of school. I had him at home. Some of you guys may or may not know I'm also a single mom. So just a crazy time. We even had a staff member leave in the middle of that whole thing. And that was actually two days without any notice, which, you know, it happens, but with so much stuff piled up, I just had a moment where I was like, well, wait a minute, I have options. We already are a business without borders. And so I decided to do what I had started doing a lot of the last couple of years and that's jump on my motorcycle and literally just take off. And it's been an incredible, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it's just been an amazing experience and a reminder to even me that like I've had this ability the entire time for years to do that. And I have taken advantage of it from time to time. Um, But you know, you see other people with that kind of you know, business lifestyle too, that are jumping in RVs and going and you know doing different work with different people's dogs or seminars or whatever. And there's actually way more opportunity out there for a lot of you guys to be on the road without borders, whether you're you know the road trips uh, type person or you just want to work with people from you know different areas. You don't even necessarily want to leave home. That's fine too. That's also understandable. <laughs> well, yeah, ebb and flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like dog business without borders doesn't mean you have to go hop on a motorcycle or rent an RV and go do an RV tour of the, the country or whatever. But what I hear you saying, Maggie, and what I know with Dog Training Without Borders is you can have greater impact with your business, whatever type of dog business you have, even if you're a pet sitter or a groomer, uh, dog walker, dog trainer, by starting to expand outside that 15-mile radius, that 25-mile radius, that uh, 30-mile radius, or having to go pick up dogs across the country or whatnot, or having dogs fly in. This is what Dog Training Without Borders is important. And this is what it has the most impact on, is actually helping the dog owners. And what I actually found really interesting, Maggie, on my last episode, I talked about the four key areas, which we are talking about in Dog Business Without Borders, is the way the market is shifting right now for the consumer, aka everybody's pet owners, <laughs> like the people uh-huh. who have pets, people are starting to value an educational system as well. So that's the beauty of dog business at borders. You can still have that educational level experience while either you're on the road or you're, you know, working from your office in Durham, North Carolina and talking to yep. somebody in New Zealand. Well, and I want to also throw in here that Dog Business Without Borders, the strategy behind it to building that style of business, it's not for everyone, Mm. right? Who's it for? It's for people that have been actually honing their craft for the last six to eight years. It's for people that have really dedicated some serious time and energy. If you're two years into your business, you might not be ready for this and that's okay. But the reality is there's a lot of you guys that are matured you've been in the industry for a while, you're really good at especially a few things. And the dog owners themselves, they're they're so much better equipped these days. Like we have done a good job. And like, for example, whether you agree with his training style or not, Cesar Milan, what did he do? He, in my mind, his number one win for the industry was getting the average pet owner 
to legitimize our, you know, our industry, whether you're doing grooming or providing whatever service you're providing, right? Especially for, for dog owners. And so these dog owners are looking for specialists. During COVID, what we saw across the board around the world is people didn't stop finding dog trainers. They simply went beyond their borders naturally to reach out to the people that were actually the best fit for what they were dealing with specifically with their dogs. So you guys all have an opportunity to really hone in on what you're naturally good at and really make a a more interesting living, right? Yes, you can make more money. But a lot of times I find if you're at that stage in your business anyway, you're you're not necessarily looking for more and more resources. It's not about more and more money. It's about, okay, how do you work smart, enjoy yourself more, and get more out of the business owning, owning experience? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. This isn't something for to add extra income, like extra, extra income into your business. Because if you're struggling with... You totally can. (laughs) Sorry. You can. You totally can. But if you're struggling right now with a certain area of your business and you don't have the income you want, there's other things going on at play before you jump into something advanced like this. Yeah, it's like you don't do this as a way to try to just earn more. more. You're trying to get more out of it from like a holistic standpoint, both for you and clients. And, you know, for example, one of the things uh, that we're covering in this particular course later on is adventure education modeling and more retreat style uh, based delivery instead of boring ass group classes or private lessons or drop-in appointments or whatever. Um, Even, you know, even if you're a canine chiropractor, y'all can be running wellness retreats for your clients. It doesn't matter how much or how little you know about training or grooming or whatever. Like you just have to have that one particular skill and have to have all the other skills to pull together really cool life-changing experience for people. Anybody with a dog business without border can do that. So Maggie, I want to switch gears really quick from the course to your story and how you made that split second fucking decision that faithful Wednesday. Can you talk about that? Cause I love the story <laughs> behind it. I, but I told that story before to like hundreds of people But I actually want you who actually went through this as a mom, as a single mom with a kiddo at home, that decision where you're like, man, I wish I could just get on my bike and ride away. Because I remember that conversation we were having that Wednesday. You're like, God fucking damn it. It was like after so much shit went down, Mm -hmm. just got off the phone with our our legal team. And you're like, God fucking damn it. I just want to get on my bike and ride. And I was like, why not? And you're like, why not? Yeah. And I was like, go ahead, do it. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us like you four o'clock? It? Absolutely. That was like four o'clock in the afternoon on, on a Wednesday uh-huh. that Chris and I had that conversation. And I literally, I, well, I got my shit together. I made dinner because that's what I do as a single mom by myself in a house with my kid and put in, you know, did my regular afternoon, evening stuff, got him to bed, was laying in bed, couldn't sleep. And it was like midnight. And I was just like, I was like seething. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? I want to go. I want to go. I can't, you know, all of the things in your head. Um, and I literally just had a moment where I was like, if I don't make this decision to do this right now, I'm just not, not going to do it. So I called my mom at like 1230 at night and I'm like, Hey, I need help. I need a bailout. <laughs> I need a bailout. Car. I need your help to come out and to hold the fort down and and hang out with Mason. And my mom's been begging me for fucking ever to come out and, and, you know, help out at the house. So I finally gave in. She said, yes. She said, when, when do you want me there? And I thought about it and I said, can you make it tomorrow? (laughs) So I looked, (laughs) there's literally no direct flights available because the flights have been wonky. 
course, you know, considering the circumstances. So I managed to get her a flight for Thursday. Uh, wait, was it Wednesday? No, I think I was talking, this was Tuesday night. Couldn't okay, get her yeah. a flight on Wednesday. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. And then she flew in on Thursday. Um, and it was Thursday evening. I came down, picked her up from RDU. Um, and by Friday morning at 8 a.m., I was on the bike and out of the driveway with no plan, by the way. I wanted to t- yeah. also make a note of this. We, everyone in the world had quote unquote plans. Everybody had an idea of what they wanted to be doing this year, right? Mm-hmm. Not a single person in the world is, is, was able to keep their quote unquote plan. And so, you know, everybody that I've ever known and probably anybody that you guys have ever known <laughs> that have ever ridden their motorcycle across country spent months planning it, right? I didn't, I just decided, okay, fuck it. There's no sense in even having plans this year. So I'm just going to get, I'm just going to get on the bike and I'm going to go, I'm going to see what happens. Little did I know, little did I know that the morning that I left, that was the Friday where the protests started all over the country. That Mm -hmm. was that day was the first night of of protests. And, um, I didn't learn about what was happening until three days into the trip. And uh, I also had a huge decision to make then of whether or not I was going to turn around and come back or continue. Because uh, by that point, we had, you know, business people that we wanted to go see and meet and clients and all of this stuff and the things. <laughs> so that just kind of happened naturally due to not planning anything. So I just decided that that's what I was going to do. And the business, the way that we've set it up, and I've been working on setting up my businesses for years now, is a dog business without borders. Right, it was dog business without borders previous to the consulting business to grassroots uh, dog business school as well. So even in my training days, still without borders. Love the opportunity to be able to just drop and go and still work, still maintain, not let things you know go to the wayside uh, just because you're out living your life. So yeah, I don't know. It's so fucking awesome. Like it was just an incredible trip. I just I could tell you guys so much about it. I don't know where to start. <laughs> Yeah. And this is, this is something maybe people, maybe just kind of put this delineation, this clarity right now for people is that it's not like we're saying drop everything, go and like live a luxury lifestyle of working on a beach or in Tahiti, which would be nice, but literally being, having that ability to have the mobility too, because Mm, working up to that point. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, guys, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I just look at data and I look at patterns and I look at the, you know, the world sometimes you might just need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Like sometimes you might need to get the fuck out. Like you just need to get the fuck out like Maggie did at that time. And it can be unpredictable. And when you have a business like this, when it's set up this particular way, you face minimal disruption. It's minimal disruption. If you have to get up and leave, for example, you know, a good example, some of you guys could actually even think about now is just say one of your parents gets COVID and you have to go go upstate or go somewhere else or travel to go take care of them because they're like super sick that would be a benefit to have a business without a border or just say you're in touch. Cause this is what's going to happen. I have a feeling I'm not preaching it, but I have a feeling, you know, statewide, depending on your States that we're going to have lockdowns because we're not even in phase two yet. The business without borders is going to allow you to still have sustainable growth and con- business continuity too. It's almost like a business continuity plan too, as well. It is. It literally is a business continuity plan. That's a really good point. Yeah. Cause it'll, I- it doesn't matter if I'm here at the house or out traipsing around with or without Mason. I mean, it's, it's when it comes to work, it's all the same. It allows you to cross borders, whether you're bringing work in towards you or you're going out 
further for that work. Doesn't really matter, digitalized or not. So it's it's amazing. Hey Maggie, can we talk about the plan stuff? <laughs> they a couple of weeks ago I talked about plans on here right after Bella. I did my episode with Bella passing and had a, I had all these great plans and twenty twenty just took a dump on them. Can we talk about plans and not being like so tied into them and not being like so fucking disrupted when things don't go your way? Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, there was a client that was at a retreat that I threw. Actually, you were there too, Kristen, in um, New Zealand years ago. Oh, like right. Years ago. And this particular student had kind of made a comment during one of our briefing sessions. She's like, well, what I really want to walk away with um, after this particular business retreat is a really solid plan. And we spent almost that whole retreat de-planning her plan. <laughs> it was like, have a strategy. Let's, we're not going to walk away with the plan so much as you're going to walk away with a certain way that you're just going to be in operation of your business. We're going to set things up a certain way so you've got flexibility. And we're not going to plan everything just so. Because plans rarely actually... you know, It's like, as an entrepreneur, one out of every 10 plans actually goes through. right? So I, the idea of planning when you're at the top of a business sometimes can be really detrimental. And I used to be really good about coaching around that. And I remember this particular client had some massive breakthroughs. And her whole plan quote unquote plan was to have a plan to go home to start earning more money. Right. And so by scrapping the plan and putting in place more of a strategic approach, she closed, what was it like 75 K in new client sales? Um, and you know, just a couple of days or no, in a day, Mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a half a day, that's what it was. We did a half a day of consultative, uh, calling of, of their, of your guys's leads. And she had a great sales day as a result. And it was like the thing that she wanted to accomplish through the plan eventually later on when she got home, we were able to accomplish without building a plan right then and there. Right. And that's kind of, that. that's why that's, that's the basis of like an anti-plan, right. Being more strategic rather than planning stuff. And over the course of the last few years, I've always been good at that, but things have gotten busier and busier and busier. And we've had to negotiate, you know, our systems and redesign things and update things as the growth happens naturally. And kind of in that mix of stuff, I'd say probably 18 months ago, I kind of forgot that primary lesson. You guys know, once you kind of start mastering things, you start forgetting kind of original principles you learned a long time ago. (laughs) And so it's like, as you learn more stuff and get better at certain things, you kind of, you know, other things tend to fall off and you remember them later. And the anti-plan thing was one of those things. I've forgotten about it right? I forgot my own internal kind of preaching about it. And it slipped my mind. And for an entire year, Kristen, can, you can totally attest to this. For an entire year as a result, we kept trying to plan a certain kind of event. And every time we tried to, it was like, every time we had a whole plan in place, the whole thing blew up. Um, yep. This happened continuously over and over and over again, uh, the year leading up to the, the quote unquote pandemic. And so after the, 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 you know, the apocalypse hit back in May, it was like a huge reminder of, oh yeah, fuck plans. <laughs> like, <laughs> plans will fuck you up. And it's such a great lesson. And for me, a reminder, especially during this time, because all of you guys listening in know that you quote unquote had plans at the beginning of the year and none of those plans worked out, right? <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> And there's, there's a, there's a, like an adventurous 
kind of spirit to learning to let go of the idea of, of hardcore planning as an entrepreneur, right? We want to be able to see into the future. By the way, that's our jobs. We leave the heavy lifting up to us in terms of like the long-term, the visionary stuff. We can help you guys with that. Your goal is to learn how to be in the moment with your business and actually not scaffold some massive plan that never fucking works anyway, mm. right? Because that's the whole thing. With that's, that's why it takes an adventurer sort to be on top of your business, to, ha- to even own a business or to even try. Um, because so much of what we think we're going to do doesn't work out, right? <laughs> One out of 10 plans actually goes through as an entrepreneur. And that's oh. aggravating as shit, if that's your expectation. Yeah, yeah. And coming from a corporate background, I had to almost surrender into that and be like, okay, but I can tell you, excuse me one second, <clears throat> sorry about that, is it's incredible. And even like, I'll give an example of not having a plan or having a plan and then it just kind of goes to shit, but it works out really well in your benefit anyway, is about a month. Is it a month ago already? About a month ago, Maggie and I came together. She was on the West coast. I'm on the East coast. Mm -hmm. And our operations uh, manager is in Chicago. And we're like, you know what? We have two VIPs scheduled, two really, really amazing, amazing kind clients scheduled to come in for a branding session and do a VIP, do VIP work with us. And the goal was to work with them for those four days and then have a team work week. Like we're all together, almost like that think tank of just bouncing things, going through here, you know, uh, looking at our systems, making sure everything's optimized, planning out the remainder of the year. (laughs) And it was like, I think it was like a day or two into the first VIP and Maggie's like, do you want to get the fuck out of here after this? And we're like, yeah. (laughs) And we literally went from Southern California all the way to the fucking the Bay area. And it was absolutely incredible. We got to see clients. We got to actually hash out next phases of things just by not having a fucking plan. Plus that house was creepy. That house is really fucking creepy anyway. So (laughs) we're all ready to get out of that house. (laughs) It was a little, if you guys have a, if you're into supernatural stuff, that, that house is kind of creepy, but anyway, I'm not going to talk more. The purple herbal. Yeah. Maggie let the fairies out and that was just a bad idea. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) There was litter for you guys. Obviously they have no idea what the, what the fairies were. There was like this weird cabinet thing in the kitchen that had a door, like a see-through door. And there was a bunch of weird like fairies and what are they called? Uh, like elves and shit. And I'd made the joke about like, oh, you can't open the door. The door, Otherwise you're going to let loose all the Because there fairies. was a lock on there, Maggie, for a reason. <laughs> there was a lock. I know. To protect what? I mean, anyway. <laughs> Mischievous little things. Yeah, and then Maggie ended up opening it. And then the whole night, me and our operations manager were just kept awake by creaks and noises and groans and everything. So it was fun. But going back to the fact of being able to have a business without borders and going to travel to see some really amazing clients and to actually get that work done, it allows you to go back into that creative state of mind. It allows you to have that... like Because for me, I struggle, I struggle with creativity. Like It's just, I'm a data-oriented person. I like systems. I like processes. But it actually allowed me personally to start opening my creative, the creative juices again. Again, that's why we're doing another podcast episode. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that kind of getting yourself out of that business rut. And I think that there really, there is that, not, I think like, I know there is this weird, ambiguous business rut that everybody gets themselves into in this industry because you work up to a certain point and you just like, you're just like, what's next? What do I do now? And, you know, it's like if you fall victim, which all of us do from time to time in your businesses and your journeys, if you fall victim to looking around at what everybody else is doing, you're going to be hosed mm-hmm. because you're not going to see another step. You're not going to see an alternative or a different way of scaling. You know, scaling doesn't have to be with just more, 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 like we said early on, you know, scaling can be a completely new experience for you. And so, yeah, it's important to know that at a certain point in your business, you, you need to start to shift yourself. So you've got more options. You've got more maneuverability. You've, you know, you're breaking down those borders and that's really a good sign of you building authority too. Cause like I said earlier as well, you're six, eight years into your career. And if you've been treating it as a fine craft and an art, you've been honing your craft that whole time, right? Not just putting a little bit of time in here and there and doing it part-time and working as a fucking dentist full-time, right? Like, and for those of you guys in that position, that's okay too, but that's not honing your craft, right? Mm -hmm. So for those of you guys really involved full-time in the industry, you're really invested. There's something that you've become really good at. You're naturally taking more of a shine to. You're naturally, it's, it's, you're the person that, you know, your colleagues call or message you about certain things. That usually is an indicator of like, that's, that's where you can start breaking borders down. That's where you can start to fine tune your niche and your message and your content and the way that you're teaching and how you're teaching and what you're teaching. Um, because again, that's what the, that's what your audience, the, the actual dog owners are figuring this out before we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the market is just like waiting for so many of you guys to start to fine tune that and to get more clear about your specialty. I'm going to give you guys a weird example. I actually noticed this. And Kristen, you're probably going to laugh at me. Um, but I, when I got home last week, because I've been on the bike so much, I'm like, I really need to keep physical activity up. So my kiddo and I, Mason's been riding his bike down, down our paved road to the gate and back, which is like half a mile. It's not super far. But you know, going down there and back just for a few trips a day is like a mile. So it adds up. So I go running with him. And I've been like out jogging. And... I'm not used to it. And so my, my hips had gotten sore. And so I was looking up um, different like hip exercises and stretches to do to just kind of bring a little bit of relief yesterday. And I come across a great video and I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And I look at the marketing and I realize that this woman's specialty is in the pelvic floor, pelvic floor, everything. And I just start, I thought to myself, I was like, huh, that's funny. You know, it's like she's literally isolated this one specific part of the body, the pelvis, to specialize in and Mm. market on YouTube and fucking whatever else she's got going on. And I just, I stopped in that moment and was like, oh, I recognize that. That's, that's cool. And, you know, because who else am I going to find that specializes in pelvic stuff? Everybody else that I'll find out is, you know, they have a little something about pelvic floor exercises or whatever, like, you know, hip stretches, um, along with a bunch of other shit right? It's like they're a general yoga instructor or something. But this woman, nope, she wasn't like the rest of them. <laughs> That's all she did. 
But you know what is I actually kept looking at the stuff and trying out different things and was like, all right, you know, if I had like massive issues, like ongoing problems with my shit, I would totally end up going and finding out, well, what does this lady offer? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to that general. I'm not literally not going to go to the yoga instructor down the street. I'm going to, I'm going to like hook myself up with like a phone consultation or something with this lady. Um, because it's like, well, that's all she does. (laughs) So it was just interesting. And it's similar with you guys. It's like the dog, dog training. It's the body. It's like, what part are you going to choose? You know, you've got separation anxiety. You've got leash walking. Like if I was back in training again, you guys full-time leash walking all the way, that, that would be my specialty. My absolute specialty. I wouldn't even care if it was, I mean, I'd choose, but I wouldn't care if it was trainers or owners. Um, but that's my, that's my shtick. That's the thing I'm really fucking good at. And honestly, like better than anybody I've ever seen out in the industry. I just don't have the time. So <laughs> sorry. No, <laughs> we are making the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I actually want to bring it back to one big point. I actually wrote down as a note. Mm-hmm. having a dog business without a border, without borders, again, not dog boarding at your house. I just want to reiterate that one more time. It's a different way to f- scale your business. It's yeah. legit a fucking different way to scale your business. Cause like what you look at the regular Joe Schmo who has a dog business, so whether it's pet sitting, pet dog walking, grooming, they think the next level to scale their business is get an employee versus kind of looking around what's going on with the operations and really getting a solid, solid, solid system working. And it allows, so it's like, I know a lot of, I know dog trainers, a lot of dog trainers do not like to be managers. Like it, it just, it is, it is what it is. And I was just like, oh my God, this is another way to fucking scale your business. A totally different model. I'm like, woo, I just had a breakthrough on that myself. Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> it's so true. Sorry. I had to go check on the puppy. <laughs> Did I tell you guys I brought a new puppy home too? Totally unplanned. Yeah. Oh yeah, she got um, a puppy. She got an unplanned puppy as well. Yes, I mean obviously, you know, I created a little bit of a management strategy for bringing the puppy home, but yeah, unplanned otherwise. Um, so I got distracted. <laughs> Kristen's good. right. Whatever she said, I'd go with what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Maggie. Whatever Maggie says, go with what Maggie says. <laughs> I trust Same her implicitly. Same, same. I'm like, okay, just say, we just circle jerk each other all the time. Like whatever Maggie says, it's fine. We tell our clients that (laughs) same thing back and forth. (laughs) Like, did you tell them that? Like, yeah. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Whoops. Hey, it's only, actually, I don't think we ever had anything bad happen with that. Um, So Maggie, what's one of the biggest lessons that you learned while being on the fucking road besides the plan stuff that we jumped into? Oh man, there's a few, I, you know, this isn't industry specific, but I will say the biggest thing that I noticed is people are becoming mobile. Mm. There's so many people on the road right now, just like traveling around and going and, you know, finding work in different places and just more, there's just a different flow out there. There's a lot of people that are just home too. And I'm not saying to not be safe about it. Like, you know, quarantining from the roads actually pretty minimal. I didn't come into contact with hardly anybody, um, for the most part, unless I was making a stop for like one person or something, you know, still you're, you're careful. Um, but there's, there's, there's a shift in a dynamic that's happening out in the, what I would call the real world right now that we're not seeing on Facebook. We're not, we can't, you can't sense it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can't sense it on the news. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit going on, but the general feeling out in the world is this like really beautiful kind of openness and the people are ready for new shit. Right. And that includes dog people. There's a ton of dog people that are trying to get out. There's a ton of puppies. I mean, I saw a lot of people with new dogs just trying to get out and about. So it's, you know, it's in a way becoming this really beautiful kind of paradise for so many of you guys with, with, you know, matured businesses. Um, I know I heard Kristen mention earlier that not everybody wants to manage employees, Right, which is so true. A lot of people are like, "Oh, well, the pinnacle, the the place you you know work up to in the industry is by having a facility of some kind." You know, the facility <laughs> is like when you know you've made it. But most of you guys that quote unquote make it don't want that. <laughs> you don't realize <laughs> until after you've had the thing. And so, you know, I think going back to it's okay to do something different. Owners, even again, they they want to go out. They want to do stuff differently as well. Um, mm-hmm. The way that people are going to be using facilities are starting to shift a lot. They're not going to be the cash cows that they once were, right? So, you know, a lot of what we're teaching you guys, like I really experienced boots on the ground, like going out through so many places in the United States, you know, including a lot of the places where, you know, we hear people say things like, well, not in my area. <laughs> well, that's my work in Chicago, but not in my, you know, my town of 30,000 people or whatever, or mm-hmm. 3,000 people or whatever. And it's like, no, there's no people are mm, people from the cities are going all over the place or they're becoming more scattered. And because people can also work remotely now. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a shifting in how dog owners are even living. Right. Yeah. So many of the ideal clients are working from home now too. Um, not all of them, but a, a good majority, especially the ones going out and getting like new dogs and rescue dogs and puppies. You know, we saw a lot of our industry, a lot of dog people at the beginning of this whole, you know, uh, apocalypse thing saying, oh, everybody's going to dump their dogs. <laughs> Did you remember saying a bunch of that? It's a very yep. yep. negative ass fucking, uh, yeah, dog people being like, ah, people are going to dump their dogs in record numbers because, you know, of uncertain times. And it's like, well, we knew that that was going to be the opposite. Yeah. And it was the opposite. No, but fucking shelters were clearing out and shit. People were yeah. adopting dogs left and right. Puppies, like breeders can't keep their, you know, they can't fucking generate enough live animals at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Which is becoming a problem because it's leading a bunch of owners into getting not great puppies right yeah. now. But that's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So, you know, the way that people are living and moving through the world right now is shifting and it's shifting really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these, all of this stuff that we're talking with you guys about, whether it's the adventure education or the advanced marketing principles, a lot, all the things that Kristen started dropping for you guys last podcast, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things are super fucking relevant to where the average person is at in the world right now, right? Yeah. People are think tons of people are moving now. I mean, it's just, yeah. So a lot of lessons, a lot of stuff, but I'd say that the mobility aspect mm-hmm. is really what I, I saw the most of what I, you know, number one lesson that I really saw with my own eyes being out there on the road that long. Yeah. Also too, it's the reminder of, okay, so people like, Unfortunately, America is like banned from everywhere in the fucking world. Hmm. Fun stuff, which kills us as travelers. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But what's starting to happen is people, the dog owners, this is another aspect of it that we have to look at. 
Dog owners are renting RVs. They are taking their dogs with them across America to campsites, to campgrounds. Mm -hmm. That's another fucking opportunity. Hotels are mostly closed. Like most hotels are closed down. So where are people going? They are taking their dogs with them. So there is so many opportunities right now. Like you can't even rent an RV. Like I was looking at potentially renting an RV for the end of the month for vacation for my family. You can't even fucking rent one until next spring. They're all fucking backed out. So there's so much opportunity, not just like, okay, expanding your service area or whatever, but there's so Mm -hmm. much unique different layers of being a dog business without borders that we haven't even started jumping into. Right. It's like, there's just so much, so much. I know. I know. It's like an onion. And I'm like, well, we finally got the skin off. (laughs) It's like, yay. And then when you cut a little bit more, when you cut a little bit more, I'll start crying again. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't cry. Don't cry. Oh my God. This is awesome. All right. I'm going to leave it at that because I feel like that's a good uh, stopping point for people to start like getting some gears in their head. Maggie, is there anything else you want to talk about for dog business on the borders before we, uh, end it for today this little bonus i want to say one more thing about about my trip oh yeah um, maybe yes, not that, that does yeah it is relevant though look guys it was 10 years ago 10 years now that i have been you know talking about phone um honing uh and creating something and getting really good at it mastery i've been doing this for 10 years deliberately on creating a business that I could be mobile because I didn't have a choice back when I lived in Alaska. That's a whole different thing going into that. Um, but when you guys see me have the ability to do what I did the last few months, that didn't happen overnight, mm. right? You got to put some serious sweat equity into it in order to be in that position. So I've done the work. I want to kind of remind everybody, you know, I didn't just take up and go and yeah. with, with quote unquote zero plan. There's years of strategy behind being able to make that decision. And so, you know, it, it the nice thing is, yes, I've been honing it and creating a craft out of it for the last 10 years. You guys don't have to wait 10 years either, <laughs> right? But you do have to put in the work. I'd say a year, 18 months, two years, depending on where a lot of you guys are at. And that's assuming that you've really been honing your own craft in, in the meantime. Um, but it's, uh, it's worth it. It's worth, it's worth the work putting into it. Cause you never know when you're going to need uh, a little bit of an escape. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We're not telling you the immediate beach lifestyle working on your laptop. <laughs> there is work that has to go in with it and beware anybody that does yep. that too, by the way, guys. But yeah, fuck yeah. It's not it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> Generally. It's not. Generally speaking, it's not real. Oh, this was awesome. Thank you, Maggie. I appreciate you coming on today. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. I know we used to do Always. a lot of coaches corner on here, but we kind of stopped because that was our plan for 2020. <laughs> it was. It was. That stopped as soon as we realized that we needed to help people in a different space that we hadn't yeah. planned on. But we had the strategy that we knew would work because we had been preparing for it. Mm-hmm. Preparing and planning two totally different things. Exactly. God, that would be a whole different conversation. Business prepping. Ooh, that's Ooh. one of my favorite conversations. <laughs> prepping business. Mm-hmm. Prepping. Huh. Mm-hmm. By the way, Maggie's a prepper at heart, guys. She's not taught me at heart, and you've taught me and then countless other students on how to actually prep. <laughs> it's pretty insane. I'm really proud at how many students have gardens right now because I fucking told them to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Like Eleanor's is totally thriving right now. And I just look at stuff like that going, fuck yeah. 
you know, that's one of the best things to the job. We don't just affect you, affect your business. Like it affects your entire, it's your lifestyle around your business. Mm. So, and I, and I guess that's a really good way of putting it too. This, the, uh, advanced piece that we're doing here really is about bringing that lifestyle piece back into the business once you've done a lot of hard work. So awesome. All right, cool. Get it so, yeah. So guys, uh, you're probably like, okay, so I want in, I want to learn more. What I'm going to do later on, it might not be when this podcast episode gets released, but I'll drop a link so you guys can get on the wait list because we've had a lot of people already generate interest, like past, past clients already have been like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Cause we've been kind of dropping it. So I will put a wait list link and then we can go from there and you guys can learn a little bit more about that. And if it's the right fit and we'll chat with you soon. Thank you, Maggie. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. I look forward to seeing you guys around. Yeah. Drop, drop your info in there. Get, you know, get in touch with us, get to know us a little bit. You know, this whole, the whole system looks a little different for everybody. So Mm -hmm. I think it's always really good to jump on a call, figure out, okay, what would this look like if I plug it into my business? And uh, at least, you know, knowledge is power y'all. Exactly. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Maggie. Bye. You're welcome. Bye guys. Hey there, thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God, go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm gonna only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.